We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast good morning good afternoon good evening whatever time you're listening to the show ladies and gentlemen this is the pack a day podcast you can follow the show at pack a day podcast it's our thursday crew and for the last 600 plus days, I have been your host for this crew. Jimmy Christensen is no longer here with us on this show. Uh, we wish Jimmy all the best. And he just is uh, spending some more time with his family, which if you've seen his kids and how adorable they are, that's completely understandable. But it is time for a change as well. And it is time for me to give the hosting duties back to the rightful host of the Thursday crew. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Schmitz. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Were you expecting applause, like a standing ovation? No, I, I wasn't. I don't know what I was expecting, but I, I do have to say real quickly, first of all, uh, Jimmy, you know, I totally respect he needs more time with his family. I've been working with him on Lombardi's Bar for the last two years now. And I'm just, I'm, I'm surprised that he gave up something that, like, gave him a break from Todd instead of giving up something that like he does with Todd, because I just, I don't know. I work with both of them, both great, but I feel like he would have given up something with Todd. This would have been maybe a little bit better for his mental health. I would have thought, but speaking as somebody who talks to Todd Varney every day, I concur with everything you just said, but welcome back, Nick. It's good to have you with our crew. So do your thing. I'm out. Do my thing. All right. Well, gee, well, all right. Well, so I've been thinking about this of, you know, Coming back into Pack-A-Day, first of all, glad to be back. Thank you, Andy, for reaching out to me. Uh, it was a very easy decision when he asked me. He's like, hey, we need somebody to work with Jacob and Maggie again uh, on the Thursday podcast. I said, I'm in. It, it was great fun when we originally did it. I needed to step away for a little bit, but uh, I've got more free time now. And uh, ever since I uh, stopped working in radio, I've been, I've been really missing doing this kind of stuff. So this was uh, it all seemed like it was kind of coming together, just like perfect timing and everything. So glad to be back. Uh, and I wanted to start, Jacob, with you because I know this is a Packers podcast, uh, but, you know, that doesn't mean we can't veer out of Packers talk. So the very first thing I have to do is congratulations to you 
and your Michigan Wolverines. Big We've got it better than all. Big Ten champions for the first time in school history with the Big Ten championship game. So first for Michigan there and first time in the college football playoff. I will say, Jacob, I got I to gotta ask real quick because they're in, which is obviously great. Yep. However, I personally don't think they belong at two. I think they belong at one. <laughs> Do you agree um, with that? You know, if Alabama had won 31-28, against Georgia then maybe, but when they blow out the number one team in the country like that, and you get the reputation that is the Alabama Crimson Tide, the way I look at it, Michigan's going to have to beat Alabama or Georgia to win a national championship anyways. So now they're just going to have to beat both. So rank us wherever you want. I don't care. But see, if they would have ranked you number one, you would have had to only beat one of them, which now you don't care. I'd rather beat both of them. them. Ah, Bring them both on. All right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Jim Arbor always says we don't shy away from competition at the University of Michigan. So I am not an attendee there, but I'm quoting him. So that is how I feel. Okay. All right. Well, congratulations. I know that's very exciting. Um, Rashawn Gary, I'm sure he is very excited as well. I know we're all very excited with his uh, um, production that he's been bringing. So, well, with without further ado, let's actually get – well. One other thing before we get into the Bears-Packers uh, matchup for this weekend, I do have to ask you both because I'm recently back on Twitter, which um, you can find me on Twitter at producer Nick LB. So, uh, and I've been noticing Packers Twitter is very strange, and I'm sure a lot of it's like, this may not be the right word, but like hyperbole. But I do have to ask you guys, both of you, what you did this past weekend with your Sundays, because apparently the world was coming to an end that the Packers were not like there wasn't a game to watch. And for me, it was just like, great. My Sunday didn't change. I just watched football. I just didn't have to worry about stressing out over the Packers, potentially losing to somebody they shouldn't. So were you guys both in this like weird realm of like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with myself because there's no Packers on. Cause for me, it was, it was, the Sunday was no different than if they were playing on a Monday or a Thursday. I just watched other football games and that was, that was great because I didn't have to stress out about it. Yeah. I, uh, I just watched seven hours of commercial free football um, on red zone and then watched Sunday night football. And Mark and I got the grill out because it was like, you know, 15 degrees and it was warm enough for us to do that in Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we all scoreboard watch a little bit this time of year, right? To see like what the NFC picture is going to look like, um, especially if you play fantasy football. There's a little bit of that as well. But yeah, there wasn't too much stress this weekend. I know you had stress in a different way for a Saturday game. Uh, yeah, the stress was gone at 14 to three watching Iowa's offense. But Sunday, since that's what you originally asked, I pointed and laughed at the Vikings. Um, like a middle schooler, which I think a lot of us did. But didn't we all? Chuckled a little bit at the Bears, but I kind of expected that, even though I was like kind of rooting for Chicago, I guess, because it would help the Packers' seedings. And then at the 3 o'clock games, I just kind of channel surfed, watched whatever game was the most interesting. I am pissed at the Jacksonville Jaguars for not allowing me to get off some Matthew Stafford jokes on my week off for the Packers. So that was a little disappointing. And then the Sunday night game was Chiefs and Broncos. And I watched just about all of that before doing some Netflix and spending some time with my family, which we got to do through the course of the football Sunday as well. But my wife likes when we spend time together and football is not necessarily included. See, that's, that's where your wife and my wife differ. Um, when, 
Sundays are just expected that we watch football regardless of who's playing, which I I won't complain about. So, Annie's a uh, gem. We know. Yeah. Not that yes. Frankie's not, but Annie is a gem. <laughs> so, well, and now she, you and her have your favorite thing back in the world, which is trolling me on Twitter. So I know you're both very excited about that. So, yeah, it right, was, well, it, I still did plenty of that while you were gone. It was just, I would have to say like, make sure Nick sees this, make sure Nick sees this. So, and I got plenty now, of, that of look at my phone and what Jacob said about you on Twitter. So I'm a great anyway. friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get into this weekend. Uh, Packers Bears. I know it's some people call it hate week. Some people call it rivalry week. Some people just call it Bears Packers week, whatever you want to call it. Um, so Packers defense, Bears offense. Um, we're not expecting much of a challenge, I would presume. Two big notes coming out as we record this on Wednesday. Jair Alexander back at practice, good news. And Justin Fields officially named the starter for the Bears Sunday night. So let's start with Jair. Jacob, Maggie, do either of you expect him to play Sunday? I don't think he's going to play this Sunday. I mean, I know they've designated him to return potentially but now from IR, but that opens up a three-week window for him. So I think it's it's great that he's back on the practice field, but I I don't think he'll come back until maybe Christmas. Yeah, that's the day I have circled as well as Christmas Day. I just think they're going to give him a ramp-up period. You're facing two teams the next two weeks that don't have the greatest passing offenses, granted neither do the Cleveland Browns, with all due respect to Mark Loney, my favorite Browns fan in the whole world, but they just don't. And that being said <clears> – <throat> I just think you give him a two week ramp period and then try and see if he's good to go. Uh, and then hopefully you can get him in for what Christmas, that game against the Vikings, you get him three games. That's the date I kind of have circled for, you didn't ask about Z and David Bakhtiari either, but that's kind of the day I have circled for when I think you want those guys to be back to have them played into football shape and all that good stuff before they hopefully get a buy going into the playoffs here. But yeah, I think it's going to be a couple weeks before Jaws ready to go. They said today he's back. It was mostly individual stuff. You know, I can't imagine that he's going to go from individual stuff to a full team practice in 24 hours and then a, a live action game on Sunday that, I mean, healthy players play. I get that, but you just don't need him. Uh, you'll get to this here when you get to the quarterback, but I'll kind of explain why when you talk about Chicago starting quarterback. Yeah, and I would expect to see, you know, the, the big three that everybody's watching right now is Jair, Zadarius, and Bakhtiari. And all three, I mean, when you look at this Packers team from this year so far, I mean, you don't, it would be nice to have all of them for the Bears game. But I mean, with the way the Packers team is so far this year and the way the Bears have been playing, if you, if you need those three players to beat the Bears at home, I think you've got a bigger issue on your hands than that. So I would say if they're anything less than 100%, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play any of them this weekend. And it sounds like none of them are 100% at this point. But I would say if you do have one of those three or anyone that is considered to be 100%, there's no reason they shouldn't be playing. But, yeah, I would agree. I don't – I think it's just something to get Packer fans a little excited after, you know, 10 days of, you know, not not a whole lot going on with the bye week. But, uh, yeah, let's get into the offense. Justin Fields named starting quarterback today by Matt Nagy. Um, you know – 
neither Justin Fields nor Andy Dalton really scare me. I feel like if I if I had my choice, I feel like I'd take Andy Dalton just because he doesn't seem to do anything well at this point. Uh, whereas at least Justin Fields, you know, he's young, he can move around, which is obviously, you know, something that makes him a little bit more dangerous. Uh, but it also does feel like in, and maybe this is a bit of a stretch and you two know this a lot better than I would. So maybe, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like him being a more mobile quarterback is actually a good thing that he's starting for the Packers this weekend, given that then you'll face Lamar Jackson, who is far better than Justin Fields at this point, the following weekend, it can at least give that defense a little bit of like, you know, Hey, Lamar's going to be better than Justin Fields more than likely in a week, but this is what it's going to be like to, you know, in, in seven days in Baltimore when you're playing uh, Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, thoughts on Justin Fields playing hurt this weekend. Um, obviously, I know he said that he's in pain, but uh, he feels that he's ready to go. So, I mean, what do we expect to see from him realistically on Sunday? Yeah, you mentioned that he's in pain, and that's where I don't fully understand why Chicago is starting him. Uh, it's a team that's going nowhere. Not Andy Dalton apparently isn't healthy either. Maybe it's just because they don't want to throw Nick Foles out there. But if he's not 100, that's your franchise. I feel like there should be somebody above Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace saying, listen, that's not happening. Not until this kid's 100% healthy and ready to go. As far as on the field, whether he's healthy or not, the point I've been making all week is with Andy Dalton, the Bears have the worst passing offense in football statistically. Uh, with Justin Fields, the Bears have the worst passing offense in football statistically. So I say that to say I don't think it really matters who's playing quarterback. Uh, it's The Bears' offense is terrible. Allen Robinson may not be able to go this week. Uh, he hasn't. He didn't play last week. So that gives them all of one wide receiver who's any good. Their tight end position's not that great. They got a couple of backs who are pretty good. But you're just not going to line up against the Packers at Lambeau Field and run the ball 40 times like the New England Patriots did on Monday night and be able to win. And then you add in some of the issues on the defensive side of the ball that Chicago has, which I know we're not talking about their defense, but it just there's not a lot going well for the Bears offense at this point in time. The positive that comes out of it for them is that Justin Fields gets another game to learn and develop and he'll get to play a road game in a hostile environment. And if green Bay is in fact playing for the division title that night, the fans are going to be fired up for that. Fans are fired up for bears games in general anyways, but you're going to have a packed house, bright lights, Sunday night football. So there's that benefit. But as far as on the field, I I've said, I don't think this game is going to be close. So play Dalton play Nick Foles, play and uh, Justin Fields, pull Jim Harbaugh out of retirement and play him against for Chicago. One more time. It, it doesn't matter. I think the Packers are going to roll. Yeah. To me, it just, you know, Jacob said a lot of it already. You're, you're putting the face of your franchise at risk in a game like this, where, you know, there are, Rashawn Gary is playing and Preston Smith and you're talking about potentially getting Zedarius Smith back in the near future. Kenny Clark is Mr. December and he has, you know, 10 career sacks in December and 22.5, I think, career sacks it is total. So almost half of his sacks have come in the month of December. He already had two sacks the first time they played the Bears in Chicago week six. Um, and if, if you're talking about bruised ribs or fractured ribs that are still sore, you don't want Justin Fields to be taking unnecessary shots. We talk about his mobility and how he can get out of the pocket, but 
again, you're not going to want him sliding and putting himself at risk to take some of those body blows, even if he does have something like a flak jacket on under his pads. So I just, I think as far as risk reward, it's not like the bears are vying for one of those wild card spots. I know technically they haven't been eliminated, but the way that they're so banged up on both sides of the ball, potentially not having Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack down the stretch, just, you know, protect the face of your franchise. I agree with Jacob that there's some fun experience in this going into Lambeau, Sunday night football, primetime, um, potentially division on the line. If the bears could somehow win this, that would be, you know, the victory of his career, um, his rookie season. But yeah, I just don't think that the risks at this point or the rewards would outweigh the potential risk to, to keep him hurt for longer. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and it, you know that kind of almost goes into what we've been talking about with Jair and Zadarius and Bakhtiari in the sense that you know it's just almost the reverse where you know you're not vying for anything. And I mean, I, I'm not a doctor, so I don't I don't know much of anything uh, about especially about broken ribs. But I mean, you're talking, you know, I don't know. Maybe they've d- determined that all he can really do is just break them more to the point where like, it's not going to be anything that would linger beyond this year. And so maybe they've determined that like, there's no long-term risk if he gets hurt, you know, even further, but you think that you wouldn't want to put your rookie quarterback in face of the franchise and somebody you traded up in the draft for at further risk. And it's not like green Bay's defense hasn't been playing super well this year either. Like, you know, 
They've been getting good pressure on quarterbacks throughout the season. Um, but so one thing I do want to ask both of you real quick in the sense that I haven't been able to have this conversation with you guys. So this defense, like are at this point in the season, we're, we're nine and three going into week 14. I've heard people say this is the best defense the Packers have had since the Super Bowl run. Is, is that, is that a fair comparison? Like, like, is that accurate? And are we buying this defense? Because I know the big thing that everybody talked about with this defense was it was really good. And just as we started heaping praise on them, we went to Minnesota. And now, granted, there was a lot of injuries, but Minnesota didn't look very good. You know, and then since then, you had the Rams game, which for the most part was much, much better than Minnesota. But, I mean, what are we at this point in the season? How do we how, – Maggie, how are we actually feeling about this defense? Is this – are, are we truly buying into a defense where you could almost tell the offense, hey, if you score 20 points, we'll win the game? I am buying into that extent, and I think it's because we're seeing what kind of pieces we could be getting back. So you you add in Z and Jair. Um, and I actually you know, made this point on Pax, what she said yesterday, just the thought that you know everybody was wondering what Joe Barry's defense would look like in 2021, given that he has pretty much all the same pieces Mike Pettin did outside of, you know, Devondre Campbell. But, you know, if you were to switch it and say, okay, Mike Pettin, here's Devondre Campbell, I don't think Mike Pettin's defense really gets any better because I don't think he knew how to utilize the players that he had. On the flip side of that, you're talking about Joe Barry now, who has always been an inside linebackers guy, getting a lot of productive out of the inside linebacker position. And arguably Campbell is just better than some of the linebackers that have played in Green Bay recently. But he's also without Zedarius Smith, and he's also without Jair Alexander, and he's getting new pieces brought into this team. Um, so I think, you know, if, if you're talking about what the coaching staffs have had to work with, it's impressive what Joe Barry's done. And I think there is a buy-in with this team that, you know, they're forcing a lot more turnovers. They're at 12 interceptions already on the season. They had 11 total in 2020. Um, I think fluky games happen, right? Like, you know, Jamar Chase had a really great game. And the Packers were able to win that one. They've been on on the negative side, of course, now too, like you said, with the Vikings. But I think, you know, on most most outings, if you said, can the defense hold the opposing offense to 21, knowing the Packers can put up 24, I would feel comfortable with that. Jacob, your, your guy Charles Woodson led that defense in, in 2010. Uh, where does this defense compare with that one? That's a good question because when you talk about that 2010 Super Bowl defense, you're talking about, you know, BJ Raji, Maggie's favorite player, was at the peak of his powers that year. Clay Matthews was the defensive player of the year, depending on which publication you looked at or the runner up. So he was one of the best defensive players in football. And then you go to the other playmakers they had. You mentioned Charles Woodson, one of the best defensive players. My money's worth the best defensive back that's ever laced them up. Um, Tremont Williams had a phenomenal postseason that year. And then, of course, Nick Collins. The question I have is, do the Packers have those kinds of players on this kind of defense? And I have guarded optimism that they do, but I've seen I've seen this defense over the years where you think like, you know what, they got the team. They got that defense. They're ready to roll. And then we know how every season has ended since 2010. I mean, there's not, save for a 2015 Cardinals game, and even the 2014 Seattle game where even still the, the lasting images in your head are because of the defense in those playoff runs, but they just haven't played well in the postseason. Now you look at those levels of playmakers. Do they have three quality edge rushers? Yes, they do. If Zedaria Smith comes back, do they have a dominant force in the middle? Yes, they do. Kenny Clark exists. Do they have that guy in the middle like Desmond Bishop? Devondre Campbell is pretty good. 
if they can get Jair Alexander back, they've got one corner who I think is at that level, Rasul Douglas and Eric Stokes. Can they do enough? Can they make enough plays in the postseason to help kind of neutralize some of these passing offenses they're going to face? And then you add in, can Darnell Savage hold on to some of the interceptions? Like Darnell is like the king of almost. Like he almost made two or three big plays in a given game here or there. He could have had like three picks against Kirk Cousins, but he had one taken away because of a roughing the passer penalty. He dropped two others. I just worry about those kinds of things because how many times, I mean, we've talked about the Tampa Bay game from last year, a bunch, and it was almost do this, almost do that. And the playoffs, the difference is who does make those plays? Tom Brady and Scotty Miller made a play and the Packers almost made plays. So I think the potential is there. But in order for me to buy in, I'm going to be completely guarded on the optimism side of things until I see them do it against a elite opponent in a postseason setting. All right, fair enough. Well, one last thing before we kind of wrap up here. So let's get back into the Bears, uh, Bears offense here. So I, I think it's fairly safe to say we all feel pretty confident about this game. Now, it is the NFL. It is a rivalry game, you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams made some pretty scathing comments today about owning the Bears. Now, granted, they are both correct in saying that it's it's true. So, I mean, it's hard to argue against. But, you know, you always wonder, you know, Matt Nagy was asked if it was bulletin board material and he didn't really comment on it other than he said he's aware of it. Uh, but so we all feel pretty comfortable about this game. But, Maggie, when you're looking at this Bears offense versus this Packers defense, like, what can Chicago do? Like, like what would be their, you know, like, hey, if we're going to have a chance against this defense, and granted, it may not even matter. You might put up 35 points on it, and that Bears defense is so bad right now, Aaron might just put up 42 and it won't make a difference. But what should what should we be looking for for this Bears defense, for this Bears offense, rather, to, like, if they're going to have any success – where is it going to be? What do they have to do in order to have any success in this game? I mean, I think you've got to really kind of lean into the quick game. The offensive line is bad. Justin Fields is hurt. You don't want him to hold the ball. Um, the Packers have been pretty good at getting pressure against opposing quarterbacks this season. So I think, you know, David Montgomery is going to be a huge factor for them, especially, you know, like like Jacob said earlier, for thinking Allen Robinson might not be able to play um, going into Sunday night. David Montgomery is really the guy for them on offense. So, you know, I think you'll see him involved in a lot of really quick stuff. The screen game has worked against the Packers in some moments this season. They haven't necessarily had the best defense for some of those screens. So to me, that's it. It's the quick passing game and it's keeping Justin Fields upright and getting the ball out of his hands really quickly, because if he has to kind of improv on it when he's in the pocket, I, I worry about him, you know, from a pass rush standpoint from green Bay and from, a rib standpoint for his injury. Jacob, Chicago, what, what are the, if they're going to do anything, it's going to be because they do what? Make the game ugly. And that I think goes on both sides of the ball. I think they have to run. Like if, if Chicago wins, they ran it 30 times, ran it well enough to run it 30 times and hit a shot player two to Darnell Mooney to kind of back those safeties off. I just, I don't like to, think or say these things, but the, the Packers are the superior team and they turned in when they play at soldier field, green Bay turned in a B minus performance at best and still won by a touchdown. 
So I don't know what it is that Chicago thinks they can do. Um, obviously, they have professional players. Those guys are paid to play professional football. But, yeah, they're going to have to muck up the game, make it ugly, and hope that Aaron Rodgers turns the ball over or that they force a couple fumbles because Aaron just doesn't turn the ball over at Lambeau Field in general. Doesn't turn the ball over in general, but especially not at home. So it's making the game ugly and just – kind of keeping Rodgers on the sidelines and shortening the game that way. But otherwise I just, I don't see where it happens that way for them. All right. Fair enough. Well, it, it's always fun to watch bears Packers, especially at Lambeau field on Sunday night, real quickly, before we wrap up two quick questions for both of you, uh, Maggie, I'll start with you. Uh, the first is Packers defense over under 17 and a half points given up Sunday night against the bears. Uh, I have the under on that under on that. Jacob, for you, over under 17 and a half points for the for the Bears offense. Uh, my final score prediction is Packers 42, Bears 10. So I think that comes in at the under for you mathematicians. All right. And then the other one is uh, over under two and a half turnovers for this Packers defense this weekend, Maggie. I'm going to take the over on that. I know it was an Andy Dalton-led offense, but they turned the ball over four times last week, and the offense is, I think, tied for like third worst in the league in turnover differential, so they are uh, coughing up the ball quite a bit. All right, Jacob, over under two and a half turnovers? Yeah, I'm going to go under. I just think that the Bears are going to try and keep this game on the ground as much as they can, and, and forcing fumbles is harder in theory than intercepting passes. So I think that they're just going to try and shorten the game that way. So if you do, it's a little harder to get two, three turnovers off of a, a quarterback. All right. Fair enough. Well, and Maggie, I got one more bonus question for you because Jacob answered it. Jacob answered it already within his first answer. So he says 42, 10, your score prediction for Sunday. Um, I'm being generous. I'm saying 35, 17, 35, 17. That's well. Generous, <laughs> generous to the Bears. I don't know, whatever. It, it, it's, it all comes down to everybody feels pretty good about this game, which is, is really the only reason why I don't like games like this. I don't like personally games where it just everything seems to line up for Green Bay because it just makes it that much worse if you were to somehow fall off. But anyway, we're not worried about that this weekend because I, I watched the Bears play the Cardinals and it was we all did and it. Mm. it, it I put out there, I, I'm sure you guys think differently than I do, but I'm not really sure who's worse, the Bears or the Lions. I feel like the Lions actually fight and compete in their games that they're losing. I heard this week that the Lions are actually 8-4 and four against the spread this year. So I, I mean, they're definitely not, believe they're, that. They're, I mean, they're not they're, – they're losing, but I don't think they're as bad as their record necessarily says they are. But anyway, well, we'll wrap things up here uh, real quick, guys, uh, to end the show. People want to – I mean, we've been doing this forever now. I feel like most everyone knows where they can find you and get in touch with you and follow your work. But I always like to put it out there because you never know who might be tuning in for the very first time. So, Maggie, people want to find you on Twitter, find your work. How can they do that? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV, and I also podcast with Perry Goldstein on the PAX with Cheesehead podcast. All right. And Jacob, where can people find you? Get in touch with you. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. I host the MBS show every Tuesday at Game on Wisconsin and the Pick 6 podcast every Wednesday. And follow Producer Nick at Producer Nick LB. That's all I want for Christmas is for all of you to follow Producer Nick. Fair enough. I mean, I won't say no to the followers, but I mean, I also won't be offended if you if you don't follow me because 
I don't care enough about it, I guess. But yeah, and you can find me as well. Sometimes uh, Dan and Jimmy and Todd are nice enough on Wednesday nights at 7.30 Central Time to let my face come on Lombardi's Bar for a few minutes. And if you ever see that, you will also probably see me throw up a comment of Jacob complaining that my face is on the screen. So, uh, but uh, yes, as Jacob said, you can find me on Twitter at Producer Nick LB. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, good to be back with you guys. It's I've, I've really missed this. This is really fun. It's a good 30 minutes of discussion. And the thing I love most about it is I always learn something when I talk to you guys. Like there are times where like, I'm just like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Like, I just hope I can ask questions. I mean, I felt like when I when we started this, however many years ago it was, I was like, man, I, I can really do this. Like, I know my stuff. And then I started talking to you guys, and I'm like, I, I know my stuff. But I, I remember one of the last podcasts we did was before the 2020 season started, and you guys were talking about, like, fourth and fifth string corners on the team that had chance of making the roster. And I was like, oh, I'm out of my league here. So... <laughs> Uh, thank you again, Andy, for bringing me back. Thank you guys for taking me back. I'm sure you guys probably could have told Andy, ah, that Nick guy. I'm sure Jacob did in probably a joking manner, <laughs> or maybe not so joking, but um, it's great to be back. And uh, so thank you, everyone, for listening. It's going to be a little rusty with me for the first couple of weeks back because I haven't done this in a while. So if it doesn't sound quite right, just give me a few weeks. I'm sure I'll get it back. So with that being said, thank you, everyone, for listening. And as always, go Pack Go! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.